What is up, everybody? Welcome back to the Make It Happen podcast, episode four. It's crazy. We already are on the, the final episode of our leadership series where we're talking about leadership, which we've defined as influence and specifically influencing a group to a common goal that betters everybody involved. Uh, the previous two episodes, we talked about level one leadership synergy and level two leadership sweat. And today we're going to talk about level three, which is, yeah, man, level three, serve. Okay, we're going we're gonna to build off of that foundation that we've, we've built with level one and level two. And again, I've mentioned it already, but those level one and two are really those founda- foundational pieces of building good teammates and building good people that others want to follow, mm-hmm. others want to be led by. And now it's time to start talking about the actual skills of being a great leader. Not just like the foundational characteristics of a good leader, but the skills that they have to have to be that next level of a leader. Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, I look back at, at my, myself, my career as an athlete, as a peer leader, um, and, you know, looking back at high school and, and in college and even professionally, um, you know, I think I was a pretty solid level two leader. You know, I built good relationships with my teammates. Um, I worked my butt off. I mean, that's where I, that's how I got to where I was, was all the work that I put in. So I was, I was doing those things. Um, but when I became a coach, I started to realize like there's so much more to leadership. Level two is not the the height of leadership because so many people that need leadership out there that need influence aren't looking for it. You know, they're not looking at the people that are out there putting in the work. They're not there to to see what they're doing, to see the extra work that they're putting in. They're not there, right? Those are the people that need that leadership. They're not looking for it. Mm-hmm. So that next level of leadership, you have to go out and find them, right? And pull them along and, and make sure they know that they are capable of more, that they can join you in this quest to reach these goals. So that next level is, is it's a big step. It's not easy, you know, um, and, and it's not, like level one and level two are really just about yourself. They're about building yourself up, right? Your enthusiasm is going to help you perform. Your gratitude is going to make you a happier person that people want to lead, that people want to follow. Your loyalty is going to, the loyalty you give others is going to give you more loyalty, mm-hmm. right? The, the sweat, the gritty mindset is going to wear off. It's contagious on other people as well. That growth mindset, you're going to keep getting better at your skills, right? Level three is not about you anymore. Level three is about everyone else. It's about the people that you're trying to lead, the people that you're trying to influence. So that's why I think that that level three is service. It's servant leadership. You are there to serve the people that you are trying to lead. And when I think of 
of servant leadership, I think of telling people what they need to hear and telling them with love. They feel the connection. They feel that there's that relationship there. They've seen you do it too. And they know that, that what you're saying is coming from a place of care and love. So that next level, it's not about us. It's about them. And it's about telling them what they need to hear with love. And servant leadership um, is, in my mind, by far the best form of leadership. Mm-hmm. Um, and it was really you know, coined back in the 70s uh, by a famous researcher, uh, Robert Greenleaf. And you know, he, he kind of flipped the script on leadership. You know, leadership was so often viewed as like this, this pyramid where the leader was at the top and everybody below them that they were trying to lead were trying to serve the leader. Robert Greenleaf flipped that thing upside down and instead of those people at the bottom serving the leader, it was the leader serving the people that he's trying to get to follow. Right, the people that he's trying to lead, serving them and putting their needs, what they need, above their own. So it kind of flipped the script, but you know, like a lot of the research out there now is showing that that is, especially this day and age, a little bit different generation. <laughs> um, that is the most effective way to lead this generation. So. That's where we got to go. We got to go to servant leadership. Yeah. And I've had the pleasure of, of being around a lot of great leaders. Um, and one that really comes to mind to me as the best level three leader was somebody that I met while I was working at Gonzaga. Um, and this man, he, he was about... 58, 59 at that time. He's about 60 now. And um, he would still come into that weight room that I was working at three to four days a week, like clockwork, right after all the other, the, the rush of the other athletes getting through in the morning, like it started to die down. He was always coming in right around nine o'clock. Saw him three to four days a week. Every time he came in the room, into the weight room, it was, you know, trying to to get to know us, the strength coaches, that staff there, always asking about our families. And I, I just remember whenever he would talk to me, it was like I was the only person in the world. I was the only thing that mattered. You could like just see that care in his eyes. And he worked his tail off. Even at that age of 58 at that time, like he was in there working, like putting in work. He, he's also been able to do something pretty incredible, and, and that is bring this group of other professional basketball players, like former and current pro- professional basketball players, to stick together and, and get some runs in over at the warehouse by Gonzaga um, and, and bond and, and learn from each other and just enjoy the experience of what basketball is and what it can and any sport can do for people. Um, and you know, I heard this, this story, um, from again, my, my good friend, colleague, Mike Nelson, one of my mentors, uh, about this incredible servant leader. And, 
he, like I said, has gotten this group of guys together and held this group of guys together for like 15, 20 years at this point now, um, always texting them to, to let them know what time and where, where they're getting these runs in. So he, he you know, gathers these groups, brings them in. He's the person that's there early, that's unlocking the doors, that's you know pushing the side baskets away so they can open up that court. He's literally out there sweeping the floor before they play. If you didn't know any better, like when you walk in there for the first time and you see this person doing all this stuff, you might think that he's the janitor or something. Like He's just there, the custodian, like cleaning up the building. But there's no question who he is when he steps on the floor. He's one of the best point guards ever to play the game, and his name is John Stockton, one of the best leaders that I've ever had the chance to be around. And I don't know him super well, um, but my experience and in, in my interactions with him really lead me to believe that he is one of the best servant leaders out there. Um, and, and I'll tell another story about him that, that I didn't witness, but, but Mike told me about, Mike Nelson told me about this story that he'll never forget about John Stockton. And it was during one of those games, during one of those just open gym type runs. And, you know, a lot of times those guys, they, they step on the floor and their first game, you know, might be on that radio dial like level five, right? And, and then, you know, the ball gets tipped and it, it starts to, to increase a little bit, level six, you know, the next game we're at level seven, level eight, and eventually they start to get up there, you know, a couple games in up to that level 10. John's not that way. That's not quite how he operates. When he steps on the floor, it's a switch. It's not a dial. It's a switch. And he it turns it on right away. Level 10. And Mike and the whole group, it was an early morning run, and they were kind of dogging. They were at that level five, level six, and, and John sent out this little warning shot, you know, like, hey, let's pick it up. And they did. They picked it up for a little bit, but, you know, it kind of started dialing back down a little bit again. And there's this play that, that Mike told me about that he'll never forget. And, you know, he's on defense, and the shot goes up. And instead of, you know, at level 10, turning around and, and blocking out the guy that he's guarding, he kind of just watched that ball, watched that shot go up, and before he knew it, the defender that he was supposed to be blocking out went and got that offensive rebound and, and put up a layup and scored a bucket. And before that ball even got through the net, John ran underneath that hoop, grabbed that ball before it hit the ground, and drop-kicked that thing across the gym and said, Dang it, this is important. And everybody kind of stood back and was like, Whoa. Yeah, he's right. This is important. Yeah, this is just a open gym type run. Like we're just, but it's important. That there's so much more to sport, right? And that's, I mean, really not even the point. The point is that he was able to influence that entire group. He was able to tell them what they needed with love. They knew that he cared about them. All the text messages and calls, the invites to, to come and play, right? 
he he flips it on when he steps on the court. He's showing that he's put in the work. He's ready to play. He's got that level one. He's got that level two. And he's got that level three. He's serving them. He's helping them. He's telling them what they need to hear with love. Even though some guys might not want to hear it at first, they're going to accept it because he's got that foundation, that level one and that level two underneath his belt too. Pretty incredible man. Wow. The switch, not a dial. I mean, that is just straight heat right there. <laughs> Holy smokes. It makes yep. me think about this other thing that I've heard before uh, where people are like, you got to be helicopter mindset, right? A plane takes forever down the runway to take off. No, you got to go right now like a helicopter, yeah. right? I love it. But man, holy smokes, what an incredible story and honestly, what an incredible uh, guy, leader that, that John is just from, I mean, I'm sure there's, that's just a couple of stories right there. Mm-hmm. But even even him drop kicking that ball like that, I guarantee you there's a part of that that is uncomfortable for him even to be yelling at people, you know, and I think that's the biggest thing we talk about level three leadership. It's it's hard. It's not easy. And I think it's one of those things that sometimes looks super glamorous at yeah. times, but it's not. Right. Um, and for even the emotional control, and we talk about incorporating all levels, for him to even be able to get to that point where he is a switch, not a dial, it takes a lot, mm-hmm. especially when you're sore or when you're 50 years old and going yeah. and doing yeah. early morning runs. So super awesome, even just talking about him just being so present with you, right? You just see how those first foundational pillars are so critical. And then when you make that leap to, to do some of these things to level three, that's when you start to touch greatness uh, mm-hmm. from a leadership perspective. So uh, let's get into this first pillar of, of yeah. level three. Yeah, so the first one I usually talk about is vision. Vision. And I think that, you know, when it comes to being a leader, I love this one because it, it, a lot of, like a lot of these, they have a little bit more than just one meaning, you know. As a good leader, as an exceptional level three leader, you have to have a vision of what you're trying to accomplish, mm-hmm. right? What this group is trying to do in the future, what your goals are. But I also like to think of this pillar one like a little bit more literal, like vision, right? And using our eyes, using our eyes to, to you know, analyze situations and look at them and not just look at them on the surface but look at them deeply like really analyze situations um and you know we talk about john stockton like one of the the most incredible things that he's done one of the things that has made him such an exceptional basketball player is literally serving up assists to his teammates right like one of the best point guards of all time like he is out there making other people look amazing, right? Carl Malone was great, but like he was even better when John Stockton was on the floor, dishing in layups and dunks and the mailman, right? Like incredible. He was out there making others better by assisting them. Now, do you think that John Stockton like had better 2020 or whatever 6020 vision than other point guards out there no it was his ability to see and analyze and use his vision use his mind's vision his mind's eye to see the floor 
So that's what I want you to think about vision. Using our mind's eye. Seeing everything Mm -hmm. and analyzing it deeply. Looking deep into situations. And you got to realize like that is not just something that you can flip a switch and decide like it's going to happen, right? Like that takes a lot of experience. It takes a lot of practice. Just like all the other skills, leadership is one of those skills that takes practice and time, right? Like level one and level two stuff is a little bit easier. It's a little bit quicker. Like you can do, you can just decide like, I'm. you know what, I'm going to bring some crazy enthusiasm today to this lift or to this practice. Bringing vision takes time. It takes a lot of practice and it's a skill. So I think that's really important to realize too, that this isn't going to be something that like, Oh, nice. Coach TJ said like, I got to bring vision. If I'm going to be a great leader, like you got to realize this is going to take a lot of time and you got to put a lot of effort into it. Using your mind's eye takes time. So we think mind's eye. What are we going to say? What are we going to say to our teammates to help bring them along? Well, I think one of the best things we can say when we see somebody use our vision, use our mind's eye, and we see somebody that needs us is, I see you. I see you. And I think that that can go both ways too, right? Like Mm -hmm. when you're trying to, encourage and you're trying to give somebody great feedback positive feedback they're doing something incredible i see you man i see you over there but also on the other the flip side like you see somebody dogging a little bit i see you over there i see you let's go right like you can use i see you in so many different ways but the point is you're using your vision to see and look deep into situation you're using that mind's eye And then you're saying, I see you. And what can we do? I think as a a great leader, you have to have this ability to get outside yourself. Right? Level one and two, you're helping lead people, but it's all about yourself still. Level three, it's about getting outside yourself and making it about them. And to get outside of our own little bubble, we got to look up. We got to look up. We got to have our head up and our eyes up so that we can see. We can see the floor, right? We can see the field. We can see the room. We have to be able to see it all and and dissociate a little bit from what's going on and see it. We had to look up. So we think, mind's eye. We say, I see you. And we look up. It's pillar one. That's good stuff. Vision. I'm a huge fan of vision, too. And even I remember the first time you told me, I see you in the dual meaning it can have. It's like, wow, this is a great tool because I literally, in the same workout, will use it in those two different meanings. And it's so easy because I think either way, you're evoking the best from someone, right? When mm-hmm. you're saying, like, I see, I see what you're doing. Like, it's not what we're trying to do here. Yeah. Or it's, for a guy, that recognition for them to feel that. Because it is, it's so, everyone is in their own world. We all live in our own worlds, right? But to really step out of that. And I think even for me, I just like to think wall to wall, right? See the corners. So if I'm in the lift and you're in pain mode in the plank or you're doing our ropes, that's really what for me, when I'm doing the ropes, it's just being able to peripheral 
and and it's very applicable on the basketball court on the football field seeing the coverage for me as a receiver but I like to use that as a transitional metaphor of, of I'm seeing the defense well in the weight room I'm seeing the guys I'm seeing the team mm-hmm. who who have I not said I see you yet to how who have I not given enthusiasm to right so it's kind of like these pillars start to play off of each other right and, and just using that the vision as a as as the tool to reach back to those foundational elements that we already talked about. Yeah. But that's one thing I think that would be super applicable. Um, and it it does take time. And I think one thing that, that the listeners can do is really set the intention. Um, what I would do when I was first learning these is I'd focus on one pillar a day. But uh, like I was saying, vision vision is such a it's such a powerful tool as for, for a leader. And it's one of those things before you go into a lift, it's such a, I really like this one being a focus of the day. Um, You know, after, there's a lot of work with level one and level two to get to level three. But this was one when when I started feeling like I was ready to venture onto this, it was one that was really easy to to really just try to remind myself in the thick of the moment, prowlers through the pain, Mm -hmm. take that, that moment to detach and see the bigger picture. Yeah. Um, so yeah, pillar number one, love it. Pillar number two, what do we got? Yeah, next pillar, encouragement. Mm. Encouragement. And I think it's it's so important. Like think about like how impactful it was for you if you ever got this, even if it was something small from like an upperclassman when you were a freshman. Yeah. Like just some type of little encouragement from them. Like dang man, like doing a good job or. Like, okay, Nolan, I see you. Like, think about how impactful that is, right? When somebody really gives you that type of encouragement in a situation where, like, yeah, you're putting in the work and it seems like maybe nobody's even noticing you or something. Like, that little bit of encouragement can give you just that little bit more and push you a little bit further, right? And I think it's so important to to bring that positive light, bring that positive light to a team. Um, and like positivity is, is so important. And I think, you know, you hear a lot about neutral thinking as well, but I think the biggest thing, neutral thinking, positive thinking, the biggest thing that we have to make sure we, we realize, and I, and I don't love doing this, like just don't do this type of mentality, but this one here is so important. This is one of those situations where I'm going to say it. Like, just don't say negative stuff, okay? There's a lot of research out there on, on negative thinking even, okay? Thinking positive versus thinking negative. And when you think something negative, it's four to seven times more likely to come to fruition, like to actually become reality, Positive thought versus negative thought, four to seven times more likely to happen when you just think negatively, okay? But here's an even crazier statistic. If you say something negative, it's another 10 times more likely that what you said is going to become reality. When it's negative versus positive. That's 
crazy. Like those statistics, that's 40 to 70 times more likely to become reality if you say something negative versus saying something positive. Yeah, wow. So when we're encouraging our teammates, when we're giving them that feedback of I see you, right, that's a neutral slash positive feedback. Like, yeah, they were doing something negative, but it's like, hey, man, I see you over there. I see you. Did you say, like, hey, you're dog shit over there? No, you said, I see you, right? It's this positive or neutral way of giving that feedback. We have to make sure that we are encouraging, okay? Encouragement is so important. Mm -hmm. And even more important is not saying negative stuff. That means... Not just when you're giving feedback, but when you're talking with your teammates like, man, this coach or that coach or whatever. Or, ah, the food, like, oh, man, this food is bad. Like, what? Negative thinking, negative talk, it's toxic. And it's 40 to 70 times more likely that, yeah, that guy that I'm saying this negative stuff to is going to latch on to that. And then it's going to become reality to them. Yeah. Right? So it's so important. Encouragement can be so impactful, especially when so many, so many people's lives are full of negative all the time. Negative thinking, negative, negative things being said to them or negative things that they see being said to other people. Positivity, like encouragement, can be so impactful. So... What we got to believe and think about encouragement is that it builds others up. It builds them up, right? When we give them that feedback, it builds them up instead of tearing them down and, and creating this reality that is 40 to 70 times more likely to happen. I'm going to tell a quick story here, and this one's crazy, right? There's a lot of stories that can, that, that can support this negative talk and it being 40 to 70 times more likely to happen. But this one is one that probably a lot of people have heard about that they don't even realize the back story from. Okay, and this is a long time ago, but it still applies. This, the story of Bill Buckner, the Billy Buckner story. And he was probably one of the best first basemen of his time. He was playing for the Boston Red Sox. I think he was back in like the the 80s I think it was mid 80s late 80s and playing for the Red Sox one of the best teams in Major League Baseball and they're in the World Series game seven of the World Series this game is like in the bag the Red Sox got it they're gonna win the pennant and it's like almost over like there's teams from or the guys from the Mets that are already back in the locker room like taking off their jerseys they think this game is over they think they've lost it. They, Red Sox are like bringing the champagne out. It's already out there. They're ready to celebrate. There's this ground ball that could finish the game. Just a little blooper that goes right down the first baseline and it goes right through Billy Buckner's legs. And eventually, it wasn't on that play, but eventually the Mets score another run and they win game seven. They win the World Series. Now, Years and years later, they uncovered this interview with Billy Buckner. And in this interview, he's talking about like how his dream is to 
to win the World Series, and his worst nightmare is to let the game-losing ground ball go through his legs. He literally said his nightmare is to have that ground ball go right through his legs that loses the World Series game. He put those into words. Now, did those words like make him have an error? No, but it made it 40 to 70 times more likely that it was going to happen, that it was going to become reality. Our words are impactful. They can encourage and build others up, or they can have that negative effect yeah. 40 to 70 times more likely. Yeah. Wow. Incredible, right? So we build others up. We, th- we think that encouragement is building them up. What do we say? We say, I know you can. When people are doubting themselves, when they're starting to get that negative self-talk in their head, we encourage them. I know you can do this. I know you can. And what do we do? When somebody's going through a hard time, when they're struggling, or they come off the play or off the field after a bad play, they've, I don't know, thrown an interception or missed a missed an easy catch for a first down, we reflect. We show them that we feel them because we've probably been in similar situations before. We, ref- re- we reflect their feelings, but then we help them diminish those negative feelings and then move them in the right direction with encouragement. So we reflect and diminish. Reflect and diminish. An extremely powerful skill to have as a leader. Yeah. I'm all about, you know me, I'm all about the reflect and diminish and I think a lot of it is just comes back to the same stuff we've been saying. It's, it's A, getting them to, when you're reflecting, we're on the same team. Mm-hmm. And then B, getting them to an empowering meaning or changing their focus, right? Yeah. By asking better questions or there's a bunch of different other tools um, that you can just go down an absolute rabbit hole with. Yeah. But, uh, yeah, I, I absolutely love the encouragement. And especially when you say, I know you can, oh, Belief, faith, like yes. faith is so powerful. No matter what religion, whatever, every person who's achieved something has had faith to some sort of degree. Yeah. And and really believing in others. And it just comes back to, man, you need to have level one and two. Because if I, if, if I look at someone that I don't have a relationship with and say, I know you can, you don't even know me. Like, no. yeah, <laughs> so so what do you mean you know I can? You don't even yeah. know who I am. Like, what's my mom's name? Or, you know, like, yeah. that's that's pretty extreme. But yeah. it's it's true, though. And especially, I know you can. Well, have you done it? Have you worked hard to make those plays? Mm-hmm. Right? And so it just keeps coming back to, to level one and two. But I really, really like encouragement. And like you said, too, especially once you start to really get to this level and you gain this level of respect, when you give those things out, your words just leave ripples, yeah. ripples and ponds, and, and can be moments that people don't forget for the rest of their lives. What's pillar number three? Let's round out this yeah. incredible level. Right? Okay. This last one is accountability. Mm. Keeping other people accountable. Okay? And, and I think this one is it's tough. Right, You better have level one and level two if you're out there trying to keep other people accountable. Yeah. Right? You got to have it. You got to have that foundation to to go out there and tell somebody, 
like, hey, you need to be better, right? You can do better. You have to have those foundations. Um, and I think it's really important to, to, to think about accountability in a couple different ways. Um, number one, like there's these three different types of accountability on a team, right? Mm-hmm. There's the coach, right? That upper management, like that kind of accountability from that standpoint where you have like a little bit more power, I guess, really. Yeah. You have that team accountability, like where the team is helping keep each other accountable. Accountable, And then you also have this individual accountability where that individual is keeping themselves accountable. You got to have all three. You have to have that individual that can keep themselves accountable when nobody else is watching, right? You have to have that coach that like that shares this vision with everybody, brings everybody together, this leader that has a little bit more of that say, has a little bit more power that's helping keep everybody accountable. But I think the part that gets missed a lot is that part in the middle, and that's the team accountability. And that's where this type of leadership, this peer leadership is so important, right? So you got to realize that we have to have all three. And all three of those rely on relationships, the foundational pieces, right? You got to have all three of those things to, to help keep other people accountable. But we also have to realize that we are all human, right? And a lot of times people will be like, no, man, I, I got this self-accountability, man. I'm good. I don't need help from other people. Yes, you do. You're human. And humans, by nature, have evolved to try and spend as little energy as possible to get tasks done, yeah. right? To conserve. Yeah. It's in our nature, to take the easy way. That's in our nature. We're all human. And we all need help. We all need help if we're going to get to exceptional levels. Right? Elite levels. We all need help. So that's what we think about accountability is we all need help. We have to be able to see that the people around us need help. But we also need to be able to see that we ourselves need help and encourage and and want help, right? So we think we all need help. What do we say? What I want you to say when you're trying to help keep somebody accountable is you're better than that. You're better than that. And like you said, you have that foundation, right? That relationship. You have put in that work. And they see that. You can tell them, hey, you're better than that. Mm -hmm. You're not living up to the standard that you said you were going to. You're not living up to this team standard that you signed up for. You're better than that. It takes a lot. It takes a lot to step out of your comfort zone and say that to people. Because you got to have those foundational pieces first. But it can be so impactful when you do. And what do we do? What do we do? It is so easy to find problems. It is so easy to find people that aren't living up to our standards, right? It's easy to find problems. 
One of the best coaches that I've been around uh, was my coach when I was with the New York Jets, Rex Ryan. And I'll never forget this team meeting that we were in uh, where he was, it was in our off season and it was after some dog days in the summers and it was having some tough times. Some guys were starting to lose motivation and of course people can start pointing fingers, right? And finding the problems. But what Coach Ryan said that day in that team meeting that I'll never forget was that the best don't just find problems. They find solutions. They find solutions. They don't just point out problems. They work and they think. They use their mind's eye. They use their mind to find solutions, not just problems. And I think that's so important. When you're going to call somebody out, right, like, hey, you're better than that. You better have a solution for them. You better not just be calling them out. You better have some helpful, constructive things to help them find a solution to the problem that they're having. I think that's so so important. I'll never forget that that meeting and that that quote from Coach Ryan. Yeah, stuck with me for a long time. Well, and I think this is the perfect way to finish out this the series here is talking about the most challenging pillar within the most challenging level yeah right um but you don't you don't want it to be easy because if it was easy everyone would do it and Mm -hmm. and this is what really i mean you've been around some great teams and some not so great teams this is Mm -hmm. what it comes down to how accountable are the individuals because it's easy to to want other guys to be held accountable what about when it's your turn yeah. to be held accountable, right? There's right. just so much power in that. And I think it just kind of comes back to all the stuff that we're talking about. It, it takes time mm. with all of these. It takes time to get to the point where you're respected enough to hold people accountable without people lashing back. And I think it's going to be awesome for the listeners when they really start to implement this stuff. You're going to run into a lot of different challenges, and, and that's why we are resources for you, DMs, whatever, Text me if you, if you know me, you got my number, shoot me a text. But I want to hear what these experiences are like from you because the more that we all run in different situations, you learn different things and how to apply them. And then you just keep yeah. coming back to these principles. And really just thinking about, you know, we were talking before we started the episode, my own leadership journey. I mean, you saw it from day one. I had the level two, but I had to get the level one. And even then, it's a two-, three-year process mm-hmm. to get to the point where you're really looked at um, as a leader on the team, and even just seeing other guys um, coming in, Jack Sendelbach, Ty Graham, these guys that took years to, to really to gain that, that respect, that trust, mm-hmm. that love from their teammates by giving it all. Right. And that's what it comes back to with level three. It's about giving, getting outside of yourself, getting outside of the fact that it's not comfortable to tell someone you're not, that's not good enough, that's not up to our standard. Yeah. Dog days of summer on a Tuesday in February, right? right? When, you, when season's six months away. Yep. But letting them know. And at the end of the day, they might be mad at you. You have to be willing to not be liked in mm-hmm. the short term right. to get those texts, calls, and, and messages a few years, a few months down the line where they say thank you. Right. Right? But it always has to come back to what's best for that person. That's really what the key question for me is. 
on level three? What's yeah. best for them? How do I how do I help them serve them get to their goals yeah. and their mission? So, is there anything else you want to leave on yeah. with the, the end of this leadership series? I mean, ser- servant leadership is the pinnacle, right? But like, there's you gotta you gotta progress. You gotta use these pillars, use these levels to progress, and it's and it's this endless journey. Yes. Right. It's not uh, like here I am sitting here talking and pretending like I know all this stuff about leadership. Like I'm nowhere near the peak. Right. Like I still have so much more to do, so much more to learn, so much more experience to 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 have to to get to that level. Um, and it it's not something that's going to happen overnight. Like you have to put in the work, you have to put in the time, just like anything else. And it's not always going to be easy you know like I can have I have a few different memories of like really calling some people out in some hard times and thinking like man this this kid's gonna hate me for this you know like I said something that's probably going to break his heart in this moment but then like you said like years later that he reaches back out to me and it's like hey man like one of the best leaders I ever had, and I appreciate so much like what you said those days that really impacted me and pushed me to that next level. You got to step outside your comfort zone, and sometimes, yeah, you're you have to accept not being liked in the moment for something better, for something greater that somebody needed to hear. Um, so yeah, it's never it's not going to be easy, and it's a lifelong journey, but it'll be worth it. That's for sure. Yeah. Absolutely. And I think really, just to, to cap all this stuff off, the reason that we're doing this is to create more leaders. And mm-hmm. and I said this in a talk I had a couple of days ago uh, to Alliance Club, but when you gain followers, it's just addition, right? One plus one, two plus two, four plus four. But when you add leaders, it becomes multiplication. Right. And that's what it's all about. Yeah. Because four plus four is eight. Four times four 16, right? So it's it's just a world of a difference. That's my mission in life, to empower more people to start with the foundation, right? Level one, level two, work on yourself. And then level three, um, once you've grown into the person that really has a full cup to give to others, that's where it really the impact starts to begin. So I appreciate all you guys so much. It's been so much fun to do this. Like I said, DM myself or Coach TJ yep. if you have any questions. Um, and this, I'm sure we'll, we'll do another series at some point about goal setting or something like that. But, uh, here's a leadership series. Go back through them. I would highly recommend go back through one, two, three, and just repetition is the mother of skill. Master these. And like I said, if I were to give you one practical thing to act on, choose one of these pillars, maybe one pillar for every two weeks or one pillar a week that you're really going to focus on hammering in your team, your community, wherever you're at. And, and start to work on uh, mastering all these levels and then getting to that lifelong journey of trying to master level three. Um, so, yeah, that's all I have. Thank you guys so much for tuning in. With that being said, make it happen. Out.